0: Shall we read a poem? Hello all, and welcome to Shall We Read a Poem? I'm Russ.
1: And I'm Lauren.
0: Lauren, we were talking about icebreaker shirts. Yeah. They're a hundred dollars.
1: I don't ever pay full price.
0: For a shirt. I don't pay full price. I'm wearing a t-shirt that came in a pack of five for $18.
1: Okay, well, I'm wearing an icebreaker shirt that's red. I mean, well, it's under the other shirt, but I am. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't pay full price for it. I have ways.
0: Did they fall off the back of a truck?
1: (laughs) No. You know, I get some pro deals from working in the outdoor industry, and and I know where to find good sales on things.
0: Oh, look, they have dress shirts that are $200. It's Arcteryx all over again.
1: That's what outdoors gear is like. It's expensive. But I don't pay
0: that much. Uh, this might not be a good investment for me.
1: No, I don't really think so. You don't So the purpose of wool and especially this nice thin not super scratchy wool is that there are two reasons to wear it. One is that you can wear it many days in a row without washing it. And the other is that it's good for keeping you warm when you're outdoors, especially when it gets wet and you're in the rain. And you don't really like being outdoors that much, and you really don't like going unwashed. So I don't think it's a good investment for you.
0: Now, I do have properly sweaty armpits. Can wool help with that? Yeah. Would it retain my horrible human stench?
1: No, so wool is antimicrobial, and so it takes quite a while for it to stink. Wow.
0: Maybe this would be a good investment for me, secondary to hyperhidrosis alone.
1: Yeah, so I don't sweat very much, so I can go a very long time without cleaning my wool. But you do have to wash it on cold and gently, and you can't put it in the dryer, or it will felt and get tiny.
0: I have, or have always had, really sweaty armpits. And the rest of my body gets, you know, a little bit sweaty, but the armpits just go wild. And to the point, I had a job once where I had to wear suits and also be outside. And so I would put like panty liners in the armpits of my suits. Oh, huh. And I was like, well, there's got to be a way to sort this out. Ran across a product called Certain Dry mm-hmm. that like stops sweating in an area. Like, mm. it stops your skin from sweating in that area. And when you put it on, it burns. I would come to find out. Eek. So, whatever's happening there probably isn't healthy. So, I was like, well, Mm-mm. I'll try anything. And so, I tried this, as I said, and it burned. And I found that I did stop sweating a lot from my armpits, but it just redistributed. <laughs> oh, no. So it's like now my armpits, which have always been the sweatiest area, aren't sweating very much, and now the rest of me that traditionally doesn't make a lot of sweat is now doing so. So
1: wool wouldn't stop you from sweating. You'd still sweat the same amount. It just wouldn't stink.
0: That is the ideal solution to my problems.
1: Yeah. Well, it might help you then.
0: All right. I'll play your game, you rogues. Well, what are we talking about today?
1: Uh, Well, I am going to read instructions. Instructions. If you ever should choose to bathe an armadillo, use one bar of soap and a whole lot of hope and 72 pads of Brillo. (laughs) And there is a picture of an armadillo. It's not really to scale. The front part of it is very large and the sort of Pillbug looking part of it is smaller and the tail's a little stubby but the front the face just looks like something from the dark crystal
0: the skexies yeah oh adorable little isopod dogs i
1: know they're so weird i hadn't seen a live one until i saw one in florida uh, i remember driving through texas and oklahoma and never seeing one and only seeing them dead on the side of the road It was nothing but dead
0: armadillo. This is very true. I'm told that they are a carrier of leprosy, but that might be an old superstition. I'm not sure if it's true or not.
1: Uh, Well, a lot of times the animals are carriers of diseases, so...
0: But leprosy, that's such a cool one. Who gets leprosy?
1: I mean, people have gotten leprosy. People still get leprosy. There was this one study where some group of... I want to say baboons. I'm not really sure. They were known for being particularly violent and terrible. And then all of the males got leprosy from a pile of trash and died. Yeah. So then they had this matriarchal society wherein any time a male would try to enter the group and be violent, they would just beat the crap out of them until they were peaceful. Or, or I guess they would they would chase them out. And so they had this one extremely atypical culture of baboons or whatever it was. And th- that was all thanks to leprosy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have the best tangents. I have learned that some armadillos are naturally infected with the bacteria that cause Hansen's disease, which is the cool new name for leprosy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, but that it's unlikely to spread to people. Right. Well, why are we talking about the instructions? Is it because it's just one of the few that's left?
1: Yes, but also it uh, has to do with cleaning. Actually, oh. I feel like we should discuss Brillo, because maybe if you are a younger millennial or Gen Z, you don't know what Brillo is. Brillo is pretty much just steel wool, and steel wool is this like metal that has been spun very finely and is clean. A crunchy cotton ball that you scour things with
0: i always used it as a fire starter really yeah and uh back when i was teaching science which i'm going to bring up later i used it in one particular um, experiment that showed that some chemical reactions could could add mass to a uh, to a substance Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. mm-hmm yeah
1: so you're visiting soon
0: i am hooray hooray are we finding armadillos
1: No, I'm just thinking about cleaning, because I haven't had anybody here in a while, and I'm kind of a magpie of chaos. I'm not a terribly dirty person, but I am a little hoardery, and I'm a little bit, and I'm very chaotic, so I'm like, but I want to appear as if I'm not.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And now you've just told all of our listeners that you are, so.
1: Right, but I've said that many times before.
0: Yeah they're not fooled
1: we've talked i think we talked about how i'm a little hoardery in when we talked about hector the collector
0: oh that's right yeah the things look mildly chaotic behind you
1: yeah i think all you can really see is pillow chaos
0: (laughs) and we've just named our band
1: (laughs) (laughs) sounds like a great name pillow chaos yeah i have too many pillows around my living room i did terrible things to my fingers today
0: What terrible things did you do to your fingers today? So
1: I get a lot of joy out of providing myself with food of my own labor, whether it's gardening or foraging. And today I decided I was going to go harvest nettles, but I think I do this thing every year where I forget that you actually need good gloves to harvest nettles and not just whatever gloves you're wearing while you're biking. And so I stung the fuck out of my hands,
0: oh god, yeah, now what now what and what are these nettles used for when you harvest them?
1: You can use them uh, like a vegetable, like you would they they cook very similarly to spinach,
0: and they're not just made of knives when they come out
1: no no they they're well, fine,
0: well, it's like if they're gonna tear your hands up that much what they don't like, tear I need...
1: your hands they have little tiny little uh hairs, that yeah. Like,
0: that don't hurt your mouth for some reason?
1: No, once they're crushed and the heat also deactivates them. Once they're crushed or deactive wow. or heated, they aren't a thing anymore. Wow, and the, I
0: just the, pictured that being like some sort of endurance trial.
1: No, it's to- perfectly fine to eat them. You can eat them raw if you crush them properly. Wow. <laughs> they're very nutritious.
0: I, I be- they, they better have some benefit. For a plant, <laughs> eat one, their- get a superpower. <laughs>
1: For a plant, they're very high in protein.
0: Or appear on jackass.
1: <laughs> they were used for treating arthritis.
0: Hi, I'm Lauren, and this is Eat a Cactus. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have eaten cactuses. You probably have, too. Yes,
0: I've eaten cactuses, but not like where I just pick it up. You know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean, I did try to
1: eat it. I, I was curious about cactus fruit once, and I did try to pick a cactus fruit, and I got, you know, prickers in my fingers. cacti
0: died. Are you obsessed uh, as I am with the screaming hairy armadillo? No, no, not n- what not is a fan it? or not familiar. I don't oh, know dear. what
1: it is. I've heard of fairy armadillos, but I've well, never heard of a hairy armadillo.
0: Two shakes. I'll send you.
1: All right. Let's see this. <laughs> yes, there's my little guy. This is really cute. Oh, he's very cute. but i'm not that cute
0: (laughs) screaming (laughs) so i've said before that my favorite movie title is the texas chainsaw massacre because that is a perfect description of that movie it's (laughs) every single word it's like yeah you just that you told me everything there is to know about this movie that's a perfect title texas chainsaw massacre right there's the movie so what is a screaming hairy armadillo well it is all three of those things
1: is is that the actual common name for it is screaming hairy armadillo confirming and on that let's talk about the fairy armadillo you referred to armadillos as being isopod dogs well check out the (laughs) check out the fairy armadillo
0: okay the screaming hairy armadillo Also known as the small screaming armadillo, the crying armadillo, or the small hairy armadillo.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Now, fairy armadillo is not a great, great name, but...
0: Oh, amazing!
1: (laughs) It really is just an isopod, isn't it?
0: (laughs) I am aghast. There is no way. I am staring mouth-agape at this magical pink half-armadillo, half-gopher, half-dog, half-gerbil.
1: It really is just kind of a mammalian isopod. Wow.
0: This is this is a Pokemon. <laughs> it's like this thing's next evolution is the screaming hairy armadillo.
1: Ah, I like that.
0: Wow. That was... I, 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 now I have like five new Instagrams I need to follow. Uh,
1: armadillos are pretty interesting aren't they i've only really seen in the wild the standard though
0: (laughs) the stand (laughs) what is the standard
1: oh i mean i imagine it's well it's the one that looks like a dog but also an isopod i imagine like the big one what are what are they called though
0: that's good i've always just called them armadillos yeah oh yes there's quite a lot of them
1: yeah So nine-banded armadillo is, I think, the one that we think of when we generally think about an armadillo.
0: I think you're right. That looks like the thing that I think of.
1: That's the one that gets crushed under tires in Texas (laughs) and Oklahoma, is the nine-banded armadillo.
0: Making it the most widespread of the armadillos, sure enough...
1: I've been looking at this Wikipedia and it says armadillos are common roadkill due to their habit of jumping three to four feet vertically when startled, which puts them into collision with the underside of vehicles.
0: (laughs) They jump directly into the car.
1: Wildlife enthusiasts are using the northward march of the armadillo as an opportunity to educate others about the animals, which can be a burrowing nuisance to property owners and managers. Okay.
0: Armadillo means little armored one in Spanish
1: appropriate
0: the aztecs called them turtle rabbits
1: <gasps> also appropriate well i think turtle dog would be better but
0: can we do animals now or are we just an animal podcast
1: we do talk about animals quite a bit but then again so does <laughs> shell <laughs> shell silverstein talks about animals a lot this is the poem about cleaning armadillo with brillo well,
0: i have a poem that also involves a couple of animals
1: okay go for it
0: because this is one inch tall If you were only one inch tall, you'd ride a worm to school. The teardrop of a crying ant would be your swimming pool. A crumb of cake would be a feast and last you seven days, at least. A flea would be a frightening beast if you were one inch tall. If you were only one inch tall, you'd walk beneath the door, and it would take about a month to get down to the store. A bit of fluff would be your bed. You'd swing upon a spider's thread and wear a thimble on your head. If you were one inch tall, you'd surf across the kitchen sink upon a stick of gum. You couldn't hug your mama. You'd just have to hug her thumb. You'd run from people's feet in fright. To move a pen would take all night. This poem took 14 years to write. Cause I'm just one inch tall. And of course your illustration is a tiny man riding a worm wearing a thimble for a hat.
1: Thimbles are usually about like almost an inch.
0: Well, no one said we had to be scientifically accurate.
1: Well, that's not the only problem though like
0: <laughs> a crying
1: <laughs> ant, a tear from a crying ant would be your swimming pool. What the hell? It's
0: almost like he was taking poetic license almost. I had no reason to read this poem other than just to talk about scale and how the the universe is cool and interesting and, and unfathomable unf- unfathomable blah, 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 blah. um
1: um unfathomable
0: how cute the idea of a one inch tall person but you know on any planetary or cosmic scale there's not much of a difference between being a meter and a half tall or one inch tall
1: i mean there isn't that much difference on a cosmic scale of being a meter and a half tall and not existing and
0: existing (laughs) so that got me thinking about using this poem as a means to teach scale and uh, i used to teach eighth grade science which is a fantastic job because you get to talk about all the really cool stuff one thing is biomass and humans i checked have about 350 million tons of biomass on the planet whereas ants have about three billion with a b so humans are meaningful but there's a lot more meaningful things out there ants Ants, for one. On the flip side of the scale, uh, you know, from ant to human to lots and lots of ants to the outward universe, the pale blue dot popped into my mind. Oh, yeah. For those who are unfamiliar, in 1977, NASA launched a probe called Voyager 1 that would go out and take a whole bunch of pictures of the solar system. And it is still out there, uh, traveling at about 40,000 miles an hour. It is the most distant human-made object from Earth and the first one to ever leave the solar system. And its mission was supposed to stop at Jupiter, but it has kept going to this day.
1: But now it's hard to get information from it.
0: Yeah, it takes it, it takes quite a long time to get information yeah. from it. I'm sorry I said Jupiter. Uh, Voyager 1 was supposed to work until Saturn, and as it was going to pass Saturn in 1980, Carl Sagan proposed the idea of the probe turning around and taking one last picture of Earth. For bureaucratic reasons, it took about until 1990, 10 years later, to get this actually to happen, but it did happen. The photograph itself is mostly sunbeam, but right in the middle of it, you have the tiniest, tiniest pixel of blue, which is, of course, Earth. And uh, Sagan's 1994 book was called Pale Blue Dot, and he explains the significance of the photograph. And Carl Sagan writes From this distant vantage point, the Earth might not seem of any particular interest, but for us, it's different. Consider again that dot. That's here. That's home. That's us. On it, everyone you love, everyone you know, everyone you've ever heard of, every human being who ever was lived out their lives Hopeful child, inventor and explorer, every teacher of morals, every corrupt politician, every superstar, every supreme leader, every saint and sinner in the history of our species lived there, on a moat of dust suspended in a sunbeam. And I will link the entire poem. It's, it's, It's really rather beautiful. And, of course, the ultimate point is that we're all we've got and no one is coming to help us and how stupid it is to fight and die over fractions of this nothing to round out the issue i thought then about my favorite photograph ever taken Hmm. which is the hubble deep field as i'm sure wouldn't surprise you at all and for those who are unfamiliar i will link it it was taken by the hubble in uh, 1995, and covers a section of the sky that is about equivalent to a tennis ball being held at a distance of a hundred meters, and so it's a nothingth of the sky, and there's no visible stars there. It's just yeah, you wouldn't even notice it. And so the Hubble took 342 separate exposures of this nothingth of a sky. And what appears are 3,000 in the neighborhood of deep space objects, most of which are galaxies, each one containing at least 100 million stars. And this is a nothingth of what surrounds us.
1: What is the film that goes on orders of magnitude? I used to see it in the planetarium when I was a child.
0: Mm. Where you start from like a a person laying person- in like a field and then it yeah. zooms into them and then it zooms out to the universe. Yeah,
1: because when I look at the deep field, it, to me it looks a lot like looking into a microscope and mm. watching all the paramecium float around and do their thing. Uh, you know, the galaxies look quite a bit like paramecium.
0: The mind reels. So
1: it's Just called powers into- of ten.
0: 1977. Oh, wow, I remember this one. Yes, 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 yes. That was exactly what was in my mind. Yeah. Yeah. We we're both thinking the same Good thing. Good on you That's perfect. Oh, yeah, I remember this.
1: Yeah, it just makes me think of it cuz in that deep field, the galaxies look like microorganisms. I think that if we were 1 inch tall, fleas would probably be about the size of a rabbit, don't you think?
0: Yeah, or an armadillo. Oh. Or an armadillo.
1: I think maybe maybe a, fair, a little fairy armadillo. Or the screaming one. The screaming the scre-
0: one. You transform down to one inch tall and find out that fleas scream.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: that would be... <laughs> Welcome to your new hell
1: oh god i mean the faces the faces and mandibles and such of insects are not great to look at Can you, and so being that close up with them ah!
0: <laughs> and a sound comes out of it Me, <laughs> <laughs> or worse yet what if they have little voices hello <laughs> i'm frank
1: oh, okay hi frank are,
0: you you speak english i do now <laughs> Welcome to 1 inch tall <laughs>
1: <laughs> podcast between human and its his friend Frank the flea.
0: Uh.